This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. All right, welcome back, my friends, to the DLR Cast, where two guys talk all things Diamond David Lee Roth. We're two fans, but not fanboys. I'm Steve, joined as always by the ebullient and effervescent and fellow Diamond Day fan, Darren Palchowitz. What's happening, Darren? I am here on a Sunday night. A pleasure to be speaking with you as always. And let's forget about the fact that there's a Mayweather Logan Paul fight going on because there was a David Lee Roth podcast episode for three hours. Oh, and yeah. I think that doesn't that take precedence over everything? Oh, yes, my friend. That's why we're here. And I figured, well, let's, let's just hit it quick. We got two big things that happened this week with our man, Dave. The first just a few days ago with Dave making a return appearance to the Joe Rogan podcast. And I've got some nits to pick there, my friend. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then uh, he also earlier in the week premiered a new song, Giddy Up. So um, I guess, you know, first off on the podcast, again, this was a return appearance. You and I traded a couple messages and Joe mentioned it, too. He even said it out loud at one point. I'm not sure if it was minute 15 or minute 123, but he said, you're 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 different this time. I couldn't quite place it. What do you think? Why do I think that he's different? This yeah, time? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I remember distinctly. I mean, listen, we have we are very well experienced on all things Dave and these you know, going down a lot of different avenue and flights of fancies. And, and we know a lot of these stories uh, pretty well, a lot of the same kind of points. Yeah. So it was, it didn't really cover new ground. And that's what I'm going to get to in a minute. That's what really drives me up the wall. Uh, but he, but as far as like his, I guess the way he was, I, I just, he sounded, felt, it seemed like he was a no less winded, <laughs> long winded, but a little bit more laid back. I think maybe not as scattered. I'm not sure. Uh, I, feel that he was as scattered as ever he was contradicting himself more than i've ever heard him contradict himself and he's stating inaccuracies about his own life at this point like you don't know if it's a character and he's forgotten stuff or both or or what it is now let let's give a disclaimer here one of my favorite artists of all time but oh yeah yeah and well i was thinking pr guy I would go, oh, boy, Joe, can we kill this one? Can we make this one go away? We'll retape it in a week. Well, I, I'll tell you, I was a couple things. The contradictions, yes. Uh, and certainly, I mean, we some of this stuff we heard, we have heard before. A lot, most of this stuff we've heard before. A lot of it we heard very much so uh, the last time when he was on Rogan, nearly, what, maybe close to two years ago. But yeah. and I And while it occurred to me that he was – much more focused back in say 2001 or whatever it was when you interviewed him or in the 90s when you were when you were a young pup uh i'm also realizing it's 2021 and depending on which day of the week it is i think dave is either 64 or 67 i'm not exactly sure at this point uh no 63 i don't know but in other words listen you when you ride it hard i suppose there's going to be some contradictions and uh but a couple things all right first off here's what here's one of the things that drove me crazy big time okay besides, besides the fact i am so ready for this because there's nobody else that i know that could make it through three hours <laughs> dude we did it we did it um all right well here's the biggest thing of all okay and unless i missed it and i was listening really carefully yeah uh, there was not a single mention not even a question about eddie van halen 
That is entirely correct. And that just totally fucks me up. And I'm wondering why. I'm wondering if now on the side note, he got in a lot of mentions about uh, Michael. And he also got into a a lot of mentions and, and mentioned several times that he just talked to Alex Van Halen, which reminded me a few years ago when he was interviewed while he was in Japan. He's like, I, I talk to Al every single morning. And it's like, I don't. Wow. OK. But the fact that this is really, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is really the first interview recorded and broadcast after Eddie's death. Yes. OK. Right. So I got that point correct. And dude, I'm without speech here unless there was some sort of was unless maybe do you think there was some sort of uh, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for here? Do you think there was some sort of. Um, not caveat, you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, something where he was, where Dave said, listen, no questions about, you know, his PR guy said there can't be any questions about Eddie. I think there could have been something like that, but you know what? That wasn't the part that rubbed me the wrong way. The part of that rubbed me the wrong way was about three hours in where he was talking about how Van Halen always believed in itself to the point that they never made a demo. I that drove me nuts too. You did make a demo with a guy with a guy from Kiss for God's sakes. But you know what? I, I will almost here's the deal though. I will almost give him a pass on that because even back then, bands and certainly now we see this all the time, they're recording their own songs. They're doing their own demos all the time before they actually do a quote unquote, especially in the 70s, big time go into the studio and make a quote-unquote air quotes demo tape. So I'm going to give him a pass on that and say, okay, no, we weren't screwing around. We rehearsed our 10,000 hours all the time, but were we making demos and taping this stuff? I mean, I think the only recordings, I would bet you, no. Did they ever go, correct me if I'm wrong, did they ever record anything in a studio before before Gene? There's some kind of a demo tape that I'm afraid to listen to in, in length. It's called the Glitter 75 demo something like that that's on youtube i'm afraid to listen to it it's inferior quality and you know you know how great it could have sounded but let's put that one aside the part where he talks about springsteen who he loves but says that he becomes the character quote quote he becomes the character i don't do that okay yeah so he is the atomic punk guy that is that's him the the part well it was in 1978 (laughs) <laughs> yes, in the Pasadena mansion, he's he's. <laughs> I, I think he's kind of forgotten that. And then there was the line of that uh, Van Halen courses are all blues choruses. Yeah, I don't I don't think Dance the Night Away is quite a blues chorus. At this stage of the game, the words revisionist history uh, should be uttered. A lot. And before anybody, I don't want to get, I don't want us to all, you know, for everyone lights up the sky, pardon the pun, and calls us haters or anything. I mean, we're not. We listen to all three hours. We're dying and digging to hear new nuggets, right? And hear something new. That's why I would have, my first reaction to a lot of this was, to paraphrase Dave, was, what was that? You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like, it's because, and I don't, and I'm not going to listen, Joe Rogan. I've been listening to him. For, I, actually, I, I've listened to him very infrequently since he went over to Spotify exclusively, because while I listen to a ton of music on Spotify, so much music, I use a different podcast app for my podcast. Yeah. But having, having said that, um, you know, he um, 
and hopefully you can't hear the air conditioning in the background folks if that's the case we'll try to block that out but it is like it's to quote matthew broderick in biloxi blues it's africa africa hot here in the midwest okay so (laughs) hopefully that's not coming in too bad darren oh it sounds good it sounds all right perfect yeah but if so, my first thought was, why the hell didn't Rogan ask about Eddie? It's like, wait a minute, he's smart enough. Even it, and granted, when you think of it, I would bet over three and a half hours Rogan maybe asked barely twenty questions. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, if you if you listen to back my back to my landmark landmark Diamond Diamond Dave interview, which the whole world has glossed over. And everyone knows he's amazing. No, it's not. Uh, I ask him, you know, how he's doing. And he goes into the, it's like a lightning bolt in your Cheerios homeboy kind of line. And that's been up since the 80s. Yeah. He he basically steamrolls you, uh, for lack of a better term, where the how are you then leads into like him dropping knowledge about a toothbrush or or an ophthalmologist or something like that. So for... I think you have to be prepared for that kind of a thing. But one thing that I did like that happened a few times during this interview is Roth goes, Roth does the thing where he'll say something, go, okay, or he'll do the, he'll say something, go, you know what I mean? And a couple of times Rogan goes, not really. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you could tell Joe wanted to get, I thought he wanted to get a little bit more aggressive sometimes. Yeah, and, and just kind of correct the record or correct himself. But getting back to the Eddie thing, and I'm sorry if people think we're slagging Dave, but there is not a single person listening to this podcast, because if you are, you're a big fan, and there's not a single person listening to this podcast who wouldn't have loved to have heard Joe ask, so obviously Eddie passed, it's very sad, tragic, whatever. When was the last time you talked to him? Yeah. Were, you guys on, were you guys on speaking terms? And I appreciate the fact that uh, Dave has – pretty much outside of what uh, uh, somewhere over the rainbow bar and grill is pretty much. And a couple Instagram posts, very classy. And not to say that what Sammy did wasn't classy, but there was clickbait all the time. I'm so glad we made up the last time uh, Eddie and I spoke, we made up. It's, I would have loved in an interview, not so much a damn press release or whatever, or, or tons of press about it. But if this wasn't the time to do it, it's never going to happen. When are you going to ask him, right? Yeah. A we, couple of questions about when was the last time you spoke to him? When, you know, were you guys working on anything? We know the answer to that, I'm sure. But just some basic questions. I mean, do you miss him even just to, for some sense of humanity's sake, right? Yeah, pretty early into the interview, he said, Alex, I know you're listening to this and laughing. That was when he was explaining the whole laugh to win concept, which we hear in every single interview. Right, right. All the time. Interesting. What was interesting, too, and one of our recent episodes has crossed my mind, but he got into a big thing about the tattoos and what was not mentioned at all. What was not mentioned about the song tattoo from? No, the- he was he was talking about his his tattoos. Remember, he took it. He showed Joe his tattoos. Yes. Um. And but what was not mentioned at all? Ink the original. Yes, you are 100 percent correct. I you see when I was taking my notes here, my horribly detailed notes, I made a things I learned section things that are weird or contradictory section and things that are unanswered or we still have no idea about. <laughs> and in that unanswered right. ideas thing is what's up with the original? 
Oh, right, right. So I don't want to harp on this anymore, but but first of all, I'm proud that I remembered the word. Second of all, this is – and you are a journalist. My thought is – and we had Mitch Snyder on a while very early on this podcast. I thought is – and here's the key word, folks. Give me the double jeopardy answer score here. I wonder if there was a stipulation for the interview, right, that there would be no questions about Eddie. I gotta believe there had to be. There's no way Rogan, as smart as he is, uh, he's he's not Howard Stern for God's sakes. But in, let's put it this way: if Roth shows up on Howard Stern next week mm-hmm. and Howard does not ask about Eddie, I'm gonna freaking rip my my serious <laughs> receiver out of this the car, man. Because that there's no way, right? Yeah. It's gotta be. How do you not ask this half of your song? The greatest rock band ever, for Christ's sakes. I mean, the greatest guitar player ever that you were teamed with for decades. How do you not ask this? End of rant. I'm done with it. Well, take a further step back. Isn't Joe Rogan now in, based in Texas these days? That was called out a few times in the interview. Yeah, so, he moved to Texas a few months ago, right. So Roth had to make a special trip to Texas because he's I not I thought of that, too. Guy. I thought of that, too, because they were in the same place there. So... I mean, and then I thought, oh, well, the timing's perfect. He's clearly going on right now because maybe he's got the new song premiered. Maybe there's going to be the album's finally going to make an appearance. Sweet Jewish Carpenter, man. It was (laughs) 151 minutes in where Giddy Up got a passing reference. And we'll segue into Giddy Up in a second. Oh, a second? In a minute. We'll segue in a minute. But do you know what I'm saying, man? Yeah. 151 minutes and the new song five. So if he was, if this was some sort of like appearance to promote Giddy Up, well, yeah. shoot, man, you would never have known it if you, if you, uh, you know, faded out before the two hour mark. Yeah. One thing that I always do as an interviewer, and I am not Joe Rogan on any level, but and I I'm, love Joe. You, I love Rogan. Okay. I'm a huge fan. Plug the new prod, product or project up front, up top, at the beginning. So that way, if you veer off course, everyone's happy that you still plugged what is going on. And it really is like 130, 140 minutes into it that he goes, sir, are you doing music these days? Yeah, just like an aside. Oh, by the way, I got a lead singer here. Maybe he's still doing music. I mean, and I get it. Listen, hey, you are going to get thrown off track yeah. Okay. And I can't remember. I watched a lot of the video. Did Joe even have notes in front of him? Which would be more impressive if he did not. I don't think he has notes, but I'm sure that Howard Stern style, there's stuff on the monitor because oh, they're, yeah. they're going yeah. back and forth. I, I think his guy who runs the monitor is Jamie. He used to yeah. call him that all the time. Jamie boy, what do we have? Right, right, and, right. And the monitor was a big part of the interview because Dave was watching the old timey dance movie the stuff. Vaudeville stuff that was little and pictures of him from school and stuff. I, I find it funny. That, uh, I'm sure like anybody, you know, how old you physically are is not how old you think you are. So I don't think he thinks of himself as like a 63, 67 year old guy, whatever he is. I'm sure in his head he thinks he's 34. <laughs> and so when he's talking about the, the movie dancing, he's like, they're doing that on the street corners. It's like, what street corners <laughs> are you? What food are you hanging out in? Mama, see? <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes his references are a little bit off. And I was just thinking deeply about this. And my favorite work that he ever did in his career, he had either a manager and or a guitar player foil, somebody that was sort of an editor. And this interview, there's 
there's no editor. <laughs> there's there's nobody keeping it on course. Right. So that's one of the reasons that it was hard to get through. If this was a 40 minute interview, no problem. If you took out the best parts and put it together, amazing interview. Right. But the three hour part, like there's to, to steal an old story of me interviewing Fred Stoller. I asked him like, so what do you like to do? You know, do you go to concerts? And he says he doesn't like to go to concerts because there's nothing he wants to do for an hour and a half. <laughs> something i want to do for three hours That's a great so, line. <laughs> so yeah i mean there were there were other things in there i thought that we got some interesting insight to when he took over for howard stern on the radio okay. but yeah i was just gonna come up with some that. what's that there's two problems with that that he didn't point out yeah, I meant to ask you about this because you you being in New York, you listen. I mean, I remember getting it out here in Minnesota, but at the time I couldn't listen to it all the time. I mean, it was I think it was syndicated. I don't know if all of it was syndicated at the same, you know, the whole his entire run. But give me those points, because I have some I had some I know I think I know what you're going to say. So there's the first thing where he's talking about he got fired because they didn't want him playing quote unquote ethnic music and they wanted him playing classic rock. It wasn't like a DJ kind of show. It no, was, was a talk show. It was a talk show. He was spinning music in and out of commercials that the Brian Young, you know, wonderful guest on the right, show right. was playing, but it wasn't like he was going, okay, that's a great story coming up. And now we have some Skinnerd. It wasn't that kind of show. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, because he mentioned specifically they wanted me to play Nickelback. I'm like, what? Yeah, so that I'm I'm calling BS on. And then he also, uh, I think Joe Rogan was asking him if he did test shows, and he dodged the question. And there's a story from, I think it was from Vinny Favalli, who I've interviewed. He was the head of Late Night for CBS, so he oversaw Howard Stern's show and Letterman's show. And there's an infamous story about Dave doing a test run show in Boston and it being amazing and everyone loving it, and that's why they hired him. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention, lest anybody thinks we're slagging the whole thing, because we're not, because I, I will tell you this. It, it's it's a bit of a caricature, right, on our part to just go, oh, my God, this thing lasted forever. Because <laughs> it did, folks. It's not so much of a caricature. Having said that, did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Did I? Because for me, this, despite the frustrations, and I would imagine how frustrating it is for any producer or Rogan as well, just to kind of keep Dave on point, for goodness sakes. You know what I mean? And just to kind of – and he made a couple of sides and a couple of jokes about it. I think at one point Dave forgot, how do we get over here? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like you, you start somewhere and they always end up somewhere else. But I can never hear enough of the insights about the Stern Show. I yeah. love hearing about – I love hearing any stories about – and I wish it would – you, I, for me, it's always about seeing behind that curtain, right? Like we know his dad was an ophthalmologist. Like I loved hearing what his dad said at the dinner table. I don't think I ever heard that before. I love hearing about his parents. I'd love to know more about what that dynamic was. What, what he has two sisters. Two sisters. What was that dynamic? I didn't, you know, I didn't know his mom is still alive for goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah, in her 90s, and he made reference to age when he was saying that he planned on turning 96 years old like his uncle, which I'm assuming he means Uncle Manny, who he used to right, have uh, right. the radio show. Cafe so says that they're playing on, you know, living to be 96, and you know that they're in their mid-60s, that explains why he's taking care of himself and that this isn't the last tour if he has anything to say about it. 
Right, right. And that was the other thing, too. That wasn't even brought up at all as far as live shows, man. Give us something. I do see some I see some dates that are getting booked with Kiss. I know he's on that, uh, but I, I can't keep up with all the changes because things are booked and then they disappear, for goodness sakes. That's actually there were lots of bands. I don't know about um, some on his website. The Kiss dates are listed. And then when you click on the Ticketmaster for some of the shows, it doesn't have him right. listed. So I don't know if he's doing those things. I follow a couple of the musicians in his band, and I'm not seeing any posts about, hey, we're going back on tour or anything like that. Could be a gag order on them. I don't know. But that wasn't answered. Um, the, the fact that they didn't delve into the single. So we don't know. Is is there more new music ever? Right. Because did you hear the part where he oh, well, you heard it, but where he was like slagging mccartney for putting out a new album yeah that nobody wants to hear albums anymore and that's been a refrain i mean we've heard that from kiss you know what we don't hear that from maybe the only band from that era that we don't is my favorite my all-time favorite band of all time next to van halen and that's cheap trick who records albums because they still want to be creative they just put out another album like their fourth and four years for goodness sakes you know i mean i We'll get into the music part in a minute, but that kind of surprised me that Dave went down that road. But I, I, I'm just happy to get anything at this point. And then the music that he mentioned listening to on Sirius, this was actually a cool question when he said to Rogan, Rogan said, so what are you listening to on Sirius XM? And he said, the Bluegrass Channel, Outlaw Country, Hip Hop yeah. Nation, Rock the Bells, the yeah. Bluegrass Channel, Fox. E- EDM. <laughs> yeah, uh, you notice one genre missing from that one. But that did, was, yeah, that but that didn't rock. surprise me at all. That did not surprise me at all. I, I would. Do you really expect him? You think he'd be listening to uh, uh, Ozzy's Boneyard Channel or deep, maybe Deep Tracks? Fair, but that would actually explain why. Well, to me, count intuitively, that would explain why. The the latest songs that he's put out that from the John Five sessions don't have electric guitar on them. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Exactly. So before we jump into that, I did want to mention a couple other things on the interview that I, that I liked and get your take on it. Um, yeah. Certainly, I, I again behind the curtain sort of stuff, right? Which it was a damn shame we didn't hear about the music. Uh, obviously, a goddamn shame we didn't get one mention about Eddie at all. Um, but I would have I was really keen when he started talking about all his injuries. And he has talked yeah. about that stuff in the past. And again, I thought it was a little bit of contradiction. I feel great. I'm moving like crazy. It's like, well, shit, man. I mean, actually, you know what? I will tell you this. I think he moved better on the Kiss shows than he did in 20, the last Van Halen tour. Because hmm. I had noticed the dancing, a lot of that stuff had slowed down a little bit compared to the the different kind of truth tour and the reunion tour. But I thought he just seen, and again, I'm not, I'm not ragging on the guy. I mean, he's that freaking, I mean, he's talked about this at length. I mean, you're jumping off those drum rises for all those years. You're putting a pounding, man. That's not, I mean, you know, ballet dancers have knee surgery for God's sakes. I mean, your body's not meant to do that stuff for 30 years. Yeah. When when the wife and I saw the Vegas residency shows, I believe we counted two high kicks per show. Right. You you brought that up. And my (laughs) barometer as far as the dancing is, because I listen to this regularly, is 50 rides on the love train, which is about two hours worth of the OJ's love train with Dave's. I love his singing over it on just about every version of it. But there's nothing but all these, you know, it's shot in New York City. It's shot in Pasadena of just 
of just a lot of killer cool dance moves. And it's really interesting, too, because you see that. Um, I was reminded of that when they pulled up that old uh, the, those vaudeville teams like that, the, the uh, for lack of a better word, vaudeville. But, you know, in the interview when they pulled up, you know, those influences. Clearly yeah. you saw the influence. Yes, but uh, we got a question a bunch of episodes ago from one of our listeners who's saying, I, I think Dave is still living in Japan. And we actually got an answer on that, that he spent two years in Japan and he was living li- living in the Oakwoods, which. Yes, I cracked up. Yes. <laughs> if, if you had the kind of money that he did, that he does, why would you live in the Oakwoods corporate apartments in Japan? Well, it's temporary, man. He doesn't need a huge mansion. You know, he went there. What he, he went there with his dog, I think. Weren't there? I remember there were pictures, right? He went there with Russ. He went there with maybe a footlocker, a backpack, and that's it. And which is a good segue into one question that just that. I kept going over and over in my mind, and that is, what the fuck was he wearing? It's Austin. Jesus, he's wearing a oh, – dude, it's, it's going to be on video. Well, I, you know, I just finished painting over my hotel. I'm just going to run right over to Rogan's now. And um, I, he's so eccentric, man. I mean, his fashion choices outside off of the stage have just been getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> There was that great part of it when when he went to the bathroom during the interview and they didn't stop it. And Rogan's <laughs> like, you know, he's eccentric, but I think he's trying to be eccentric. <laughs> he <What>? seems different. <laughs> <laughs> I think he doesn't have to try to be eccentric. That's the thing. But so I, I loved hearing about his artwork because that's a big thing, of course. Uh, and I also love hearing anything about the EMT days. Yeah, we got more details on that. The yeah. particular person that they always picked up in Coney Island. But the boat magazine subscriptions? <laughs> I, I boat. I read boat. Why? Do you have a boat? No. I just like to read it. <laughs> yeah. So. And sure I, enough, I thought he was, I thought there's no way there's a magazine called boat. I'm watching the video. You know what? I'm puttering around the house. Yeah, subscribe to boat. And sure enough, they pull it up. What's the name of that fucking magazine? Boat. <laughs> and he said he subscribed to three different boat magazines. <laughs> Wooden Boat, which does exist. I've heard of that. Why? We have never heard him talk about boats before. Have you ever heard him talk about boats? Okay, so what I'm getting at is <laughs> he goes to Japan. He goes to the Oakwood, supposedly with a backpack. And then does he just have all these boat magazines and just tons and tons and tons of magazines being shipped internationally? <laughs> so he well, goes in there with nothing and he just has stacks of magazines every day. You know what wasn't mentioned? Just to remind me, unless I missed it, and I would have loved to have been at, uh, Rogan or uh, to actually ask the question, what are you reading right now? Because I've heard him say he reads about two paperbacks a, a week. Yeah. He's a, he is – to call him a voracious reader is an understatement. And that's one of the things I love about him. The guy is so learned, man. I mean, he is, he really is, he'd be a walking encyclopedia. Maybe you question the accuracy a little bit, but we question the accuracy of Wikipedia. So don't, you know what I mean? I mean, that's a life lived learning, man. I mean, come on, dude. He is a fucking Renaissance man. It, where it gets super confusing to me is it was called out pretty early on that he doesn't have email. He doesn't have a phone. <laughs> He has a handler that does everything for him. And then 20 minutes later, it's, so we posted about this on my Instagram. <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, he's explaining about the recent hacks 
to the meat packing plant and all that. So it's like you don't use technology, but you know how it works and you know what's going on your social media. He, dude, he was talking about AI. <laughs> it makes your head spin. And I, I thought it was actually cool to hear the part about the guitar lessons, that he's still taking guitar lessons. That's and another thing I would have loved to Al Green and ZZ Top songs and... See, that blows my mind. And then when he starts to talk about how he doesn't eat meat that much because it makes him gain weight, you go, what? <laughs> he has never gained weight. That guy's got the metabolism of a marsupial, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, so I, my, my bottom line conclusion is, like, you put aside all the, ran, the rambling. He is beyond productive, and Hell he's yeah. looking back at the past. And that would probably explain why we're not seeing – greatest hits compilations and and deluxe editions and dave sings you know eat him and smile live or anything like that right and i was just thinking too i mean and not to make the inevitable comparison that people always do but let's say you're a serious xm guy right and you go all right we let's do and i'm this i'm just speculating right but i guarantee you some things like this have come up let's do a uh, hard rock channel focus on van halen Let's go ask Dave. That never even made it past his manager's door. Are you kidding me? What do you think Dave would say? Let's go ask Sammy. What do you think Sammy would say? Sammy would be would be like, where do I sign? Yeah. And that's not a knock. He just would be. I mean, you're right about that, Dave. I mean, he looks back on the past maybe a little bit too much on the concert stage. But you got to give the people what they want. But as far as everything else, I mean, he certainly doesn't do it the way Kiss does it. I mean, he's about he is always about forward motion, man. He, you know, like a shark never stops moving. He yeah. never stops trying to be informed and he never stops being curious. And that for since when I was a teenager and started reading about him and find out who he was and just listen to these interviews, I'm like, man, that. I want to be like that when I get older. I still want to be that way. He has an insatiable curiosity about the world around him. And that shit, that's a rare find, man. It is nonstop with him. So he, doesn't, I, he doesn't settle. Yes. Yeah, so I get the vibe that the only reasons he's ever going to do a project are that it's going to pay him a fortune so that he can do something he's curious about with that money. A ton of people are going to see it. Or he's just curious about it. Yeah. So something like Rogan, well, a ton of people are going to find out about that. But is he going to do a Van Halen News Desk podcast? And we love the Van Halen News Desk. The answer is no. Right. So Here's A really good example is, I mean, how many artists, especially for royalty purposes and all that, right? They re-record, re-imagine, re-record yeah. stuff, right? Which I despise, okay? In a million years... Dave would never do that. What does he do instead? A fucking bluegrass record. Or does an EDM thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How many other artists call in a bunch of sidemen or they just re-record, you know, they go into a studio, re-record it all, uh, uh, you know, re-engineered, re-imagined, whatever. Well, that's just a cash grab, man. And and yeah. you know what I mean? And you're never going to catch that lightning in the bottle 20, uh, 20 some odd years later or whatever the case might be. In a million years, Dave would never do that. So, you know, there's none of that, but... Why does he play with the Boston Pops uh, right. on a July 4th in front of 100,000 people to do Jump? Because he's going to play to 100,000 people. And he probably, if you asked him, he probably had a personal connection to classical music. And yeah. That and <laughs> listen, you come to me and go, do you want to be up? You want to be on stage with a 70-piece orchestra at the Boston Pops? What an experience, man. That's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You do it. 
Yeah. So that without him saying anything like that, I think we now know our answers of, okay, he is not going to be doing anything unless he really wants to do it or they back up the money truck. Sammy, on the other hand, who posted a really cool video of him and Michael Anthony performing Best of Both Worlds backstage, you know, Sammy's a different cat. He likes the attention. He likes uh, making people happy. Sammy's a master marketer. I mean, God bless him. So they're not just opposites vocally. They're opposites in terms of how they manage their legacy, how much they work, how they handle everything. And people just focus on the, the songs and the vocals. But different bands with different people as a result. Exactly. All right. Let's segue to the music because earlier this week, a second track from what we believe is the presumed album that's been in the can with John five song called giddy up hit the year, hit Spotify, hit YouTube. Um, And so it's John five on, it's very country esque. Give me uh, what do you, what do you think? It's good, but where's the electric guitar? (laughs) And I don't think, I think, and well, John is John Five has said this before. He he mentioned specifically that the songs sound like are very similar. Damn good. I think it's just it. I think you're gonna. It's the whole vibe is gonna be is that sort of laid back sort of thing. What I like about this song, I give it I guess maybe three and a half out of five stars, maybe close to four. The more I listen to it, the more I dig it. The lyrics are hysterical. You notice he referenced. I thought this was something that could have sound like something on your filthy little mouth. In fact. He refer he in one of the lyr- in the lyrics he does mention the Cheatin' Heart Cafe, which was the name of the song with Travis Tritt on your filthy little mouth. I love how he ties these things back in sometimes lyrically. Yeah, there is a good amount of that in the catalog. I haven't fully wrapped my head around that kind of part of it, but I'm sure we could find things referenced on the fourth album that are about the second album and hidden vocals when he's vamping between lines of songs but it's it's a great song i would i'm ready for a full album but after hearing that rogan interview i don't think we're going to get a full album i i think he's just content i mean it's interesting too because for a guy who is certainly financial considerations are driven i mean i would think Maybe wouldn't get a huge advance given the record industry the way it is in days past record sales. But I mean, packaging a cool album together might presumably, I think, would make a bit more money at up front than dribbling out tracks on Spotify and YouTube and everywhere. But let me give you a little economics. And I'm sure you know about this because you you have your music industry pass like like I do, which is that you would go, well, why is Sony giving Aerosmith a check for another album? And it's because the new album sells the old stuff. Right. If it was Warner Brothers and he went, hey, I want a million dollars for my album, you and I go, a million dollars? It's right. sell 35,000 copies. Well, the economics, I mean, he did mention, the like we were talking about earlier, the economics are a little bit different. Albums from classic rockers, for the most part, uh, they get a, they get about a week's worth of attention, a ton of press, and then they're gone. I mean, after the first week or so, was two weeks, was anybody else talking about the Bruce, last Bruce Springsteen record, which I love, which I was listening today, actually? Uh, was anybody talking about McCartney 3 after the first 10 days, after that initial press wind-up? Do you know what I mean? It's, there's all, it's, a, it's been this way in the record business for a long time, but it's uh, even – it's even truncated now, but it's very similar to like all the press leading up to the opening weekend of a movie, and yeah. then it does its thing. You know, they're, the stars are everywhere that first week talking about it, and then you're on to the next thing. And that's just that's just 
part of the way both industries are. Uh, but I've, I, that, but, as usual, I kind of, I do like this stuff and that no advance notice, just boom, a song drops. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to feel about it because being such a big fan of all this and it's not like this is a nothing, no-name local artist. That, you know, this is one of the greats. Yeah. And so to have no answered questions associated with it. Some people love the mystique. I guess I guess if it's Peter Gabriel, you want the mystique. And yeah. then there's other people who come out and go, I'm a man of the people. And the Diamond Dave character alternates between being a man of the people and loving McDonald's and then talking about the most obscure thing that you never know. So you yeah. kind of want an album or where do we stand here? I, have, commitment. I haven't seen it, but it has, I'm sure it would have bubbled up somehow. Not that I did a deep dive looking for it, but I, I will tonight perhaps, but has John five tweeted or talked, I mean, about uh, even as far as right after around the time these songs have come out. No, he's the only reason I knew these things existed because yeah, he Chris you mentioned it. podcasts, and I don't think he played them on the air, but I think he played them off air for the hosts, and that got people to talking about this. He, he played a little snippet a couple of years ago on the Eddie Trunk podcast that was on his phone, and it was just you didn't hear Dave's vocals, you just heard the beginning of something, and he did reference "Damn Good," and it did sound a little like "Damn Good," uh, that little tiny portion, that reminiscent, I should say. Yeah. Um, but I like I, the song. See, I mean, it's it's up tempo. It comparatively rocks. The sound is very laid back. Uh, it's if you're expecting, it certainly isn't hard in any way, right? It's got this laid back sort of uh, feel to it, sound wise. I'd love to know who else is playing on it. Although, let's assume it's Bourbon Bob playing bass, but who's playing uh, drums? Uh, Bissonette and Brett Tuggle. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, the time frame now on this is it, how many years back was this recorded then? So there's some articles that say it's 2012, and then there's some articles that say it's 07. Hmm. I'd be surprised if it's 07, and I uh, 20, and I'd be surprised if it was 2012. Uh, maybe on either side of that. 07 was the first reunion tour. Yeah. 2012 was well. 2011 was when they were putting the album together. 2012 it came out in January. A different kind of truth. Yeah. So maybe back the back half of 2012. I was scrolling through the YouTube comments on Dave's YouTube, on the official YouTube video uh, page for it, and the comments were, all, as far as I scrolled, they were all super positive, which I loved, because sometimes I scroll through those comments and I'm like, just like, it'll, it frustrates me and pisses me off, because it's just like, dude, come on. I, I, I try, <laughs> I might be contradicting myself, but if I'm going to say anything negative, it might be somewhat, it, 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 it'll, it, It'll might be somewhat comical, I hope, and it's more out of just frustration. But you'll—I'm not going to slam anybody online or even in person, as for in a vindictive or vicious sort of way. He can't sing for shit. He blew it out. You know, I'm going to get—I I still like it. I'm still love it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but what I was going to say though was, was one of the comments mentioned that—and again, it's a comment. Take it for what it's worth, but. You know, somebody asked about when it was recorded or whatever it was, and one of the commenters said he's working with John Five now. This is from the st the album that he did with him a few years back. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but it did the first part of this guy comment saying he's doing stuff with John Five now, and I went, hmm, what's that about? If that General even exists, thing. I don't think so either. 
John but, Five has a band with Nikki Six now called something like the Rats, the L.A. Rats, right. Los Angeles Rats, something like that, with Rob Zombie and I think Tommy Clufados. And that sounds like a, a dream lineup right oh, there. Oh, God, yeah. For something. And John Five is very, 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 very busy. He, oh, I sure. Think- but having said that, given the way Dave works, all right, you can go to sleep on a Monday night. <laughs> and Tuesday afternoon, get a call from Dave and go, Johnny, I want to record. Meet yeah. me at Jim Henson Studios. I'm back from Japan. Like a lightning bolt in your Cheerios, we're going to write some fucking music. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got this stuff. And who the, And he's playing a lot of guitar. I mean, that's the interesting thing, too. You know, we talked about this when we did our, our uh, podcast with Eric from Van Halen News Desk, our, our Overlook songs. And... Stay Frosty, that's Dave playing that original, that the acoustic. On yeah. the, and Eddie is, gave him props in the Guitar World magazine about that. I wonder if Dave's playing any of the acoustic stuff that we've heard on, uh, at least so far, any of the stuff he recorded with John Five, or is it all John Five? And will we ever know? Probably not. <laughs> will we ever know? No, but I was looking at the liner notes, and I think on Tattoo, Dave played keyboard on that song. Really? That credit? No. I sat on. I thought I read every freaking line in a different kind of truth liner notes. Maybe I got that from a Wikipedia thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever I got that from. Yeah. Will we ever know it? No. We don't. We won't know the truth unless you can get an interview with John Five or or Bissonette or Brett Tuggle. Go. So what happened that day? Right. Right. So. One other thing about the music, and this is I've noticed this in various forms, solo and certainly on a different kind of truth. And especially with the production, there's been a trend that he's done, Dave has done on uh, in a lot of different ways, and that there's a lot of vocal tracks and a lot of background vocal tracks going on. It's not it's not just it's not just Dave with with some backup vocals, be it a Billy Sheehan or be it. Um, you know, be it some some singing girls in the background. In fact, he kind of started doing this on Skyscraper, and then it took a backseat to more uh, kind of a more organic uh, production on uh, Little Ain't Enough and certainly A Filthy Little Mouth. And that is where he, he's there's different harmonies, there's little yelps thrown in there. He's really, and I've noticed this on this song, that it, there's like three or four different vocal tracks at least going on there. If you listen to it again, there's a bunch of little yelps, different harmonies, yeah. little bits and pieces thrown in, and he did that on a different kind of truth. And that makes it harder to do live, but it, as far as it, it really adds to the overall sound, he's really using his voice more on this song. And again, like I said, I've noticed it on, in the past, really is it, like he's using it more of as an actual instrument here and yeah. filling in all these different, filling in a lot of different spaces. Uh, with his voice, which I think is really, really cool. I think he's singing great on these tracks. That's why I think that they're older tracks. I don't think he's the most digital Pro Tools-y guy on the planet. I think he would sing it. And yes, I said the words, I think. But I think he will sing it enough times in the studio to get it right. He's one of those work ethic discipline kind of guys. And hearing how his voice sounded on the Kiss tour videos in the Las Vegas fronts, I don't think the voice was there. Yet the last Joe Rogan interview and all that was all about how this is all cross-training. Life is cross-training. Right. I'm taking vocal lessons every day. His voice didn't sound as great there as it does on these recordings. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think 
we've talked about this before, but I think he wrong. I, I, it's it's a common sport to say Dave sounds horrible, which most of the days he doesn't. There's been there's some real rough shit, but the times I saw him with Van Halen, I thought he sounded real good, especially that 2007 tour. He he didn't screw up any lyrics. He hit everything. He sounded great. I thought he was I thought he sounded good on the Sammy and Dave tour. Uh, we've seen those different videos in the early 2000s. Uh, 2015, it was kind of rough in some spots, but uh, I think if I remember correctly, at least on some of those shows, he had like a he had a couple. Uh, maybe they I think that they reschedule a show, but. Yeah, he had like a bad flu during a part of it, a run or a bit of a cold, really bad. That's going to affect it. And uh, certainly on the stuff we've heard so far, I love the way his voice sounds. And I loved it on. I loved what he the I loved. I thought he sounded great on a different kind of truth too. Bottom line is the guy can still get it done vocally. Is it is it the same as it was in '78? No. Who the hell is? Yeah. And then, of course, you have the critics who say that he wasn't actually good in 78. Eddie Trunk has said that that if you think that David Lee Roth was a good singer back then, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think. I, uh, yeah. You know what? For what he does, for what he sings, I think he's a really excellent singer. OK, as far as a, as far as uh, a gritty blues bass freaking uh, take some chances, sound like Al Jolson every now and then, have fun with it, scat a little bit, mix up the melodies like a jazz player, improvise a little bit. I think he's fucking great. Well, there's something I didn't ask you about from the Joe Rogan interview, by the way, that I don't know if this is hyperbole or if he's serious about this. He said that he's thinking of starting up a pot brand called TSK. <laughs> yeah. Which killed Elvis. Is that true or not? It can't be. Come on. The shit that I know. I did a double take. I was in my garage and I've got my headphones on and I was like, wait, what? And I'm backing it up like 30 seconds. I'm like, what? The shit. Because Elvis's slogan was TCB, taking care of business. And yeah. this is TSK, the shit that that, that just came up front from his mind. So I didn't know if that's. I thought he'd maybe said that on Mark Marin, but I was thinking, like, did uh, did the tattoo company become now a medicinal marijuana company? I know. <laughs> well, what, whatever it is, hey, it's great. Uh, this is this is the third track from this batch. Second, it was somewhere was between somewhere, the Rainbow Bar and Grill. But wasn't there another song from that Roth project book that was an instrumental that he put oh, out? The, well. That's the other thing. All the background, the instrumental music, uh, and I think a bit of somewhere uh, over the Rainbow Bar and Grill. So, yeah, technically this is about the fifth song, I think, uh, or at least recorded with John Five, because all the backing, I th- uh, at least the guitar sounding stuff um, on that Roth Project animated thing was that I think that was from these sessions. Pretty sure that was from these sessions, whatever the, whatever these were. And maybe and maybe those are songs because a lot of those songs sound like really complete songs, uh, but without vocals. It could have been just the instrumental bed to, to use uh, instrumental tracks, sans vocals, to use as the kind of the bed for the animation. I had deja vu and thought that for some reason they put out one of them as an instrumental on Spotify. But I just looked on Spotify and that's why I thought that there was a third track. Well, you, you got it partially right because there was the music from these sessions are uh, music from these sessions uh, are on the um, the animated the Roth project. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, three two singles, 
and some instrumentals is is more than we were expecting uh, in the midst of the pandemic. I'll, so. Dude, I'll take it. I'll take the shit that killed Elvis uh, pot line. I'll take the uh, cookbook he's undoubtedly working on that he'll drop digitally, you know, in six months. Yeah. Uh, who the hell knows? You know, I mean, and I'm being facetious on the cookbook, but who the hell knows? Yeah, I'll I'll really take anything. I think that we're all kind of hoping that the vaults get opened up, which I don't think that's ever going to happen with him. But the fact that him and Alex Van Halen are talking every day or whatever it is. They mentioned something about 120 songs. Did you catch that part towards the end? That was about covers that they did pre-Van. That's right. Yeah. Originals, that they that they had Get Down Tonight by Casey and the Sunshine. Yeah. And Which we all knew they did that stuff, but I'd love to hear more of that. That there's not a ton of that stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, we did get that email pulling the curtain back from from Eric from Van Halen News Desk earlier today about the the video clip that they filmed in Italy in '82 or something like oh, that. Oh, so this is love from Italian TV yeah. in, in the dinosaur park. I was watching it. that that premiered on the Van Halen News Desk. Hi, Eric. How are you? That was amazing. I think that I know that was rumored. I, I, if you saw that, you saw it in 82 and probably never again, I don't think, because it hadn't been on YouTube. And it's it's fun, man. It, it was just some Italian TV show. I guess it's like some version of Top of the Pops or whatever in yeah. Italy, right? So my theory on all this, tying it into the Kiss fandom, is you're well-versed in the Vinnie Vincent saga. Oh, and, God. And the, the Vinnie Vincent inevitable box set that's been talked about for 30 years now my theory is he's never going to release it, but he's just not going to pay the bill on a storage space and somebody's <laughs> put it out that way. I think that's what's going to happen with the Van Halen vaults one day. You'll see Joe Biden's laptop before you see Vinnie Vincent's fucking box set. Guess what? They both don't exist. <laughs> well, according to Vinnie Vincent two weeks ago, oh, it's going to happen. But what is he, Samantha? He's going to wig his nose. He said I something. Don't, like I don't know. It's, uh, what, what, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that sag has just been ongoing. The shows that happens, $500. $500 and I mean, just I pay attention to that because obviously I'm a big Kiss fan. There's a couple of podcasts I listen to, um, um, like Three Sides of the Coin and – Great. It's a really good podcast. Some good stuff that that's been uh, that's been uh, covering it, and I'm and I just completely spaced. I know the guy who does it. There's a great podcast. This guy Chris and this other guy Aaron Camaro, and I oh Decibel Geek, Decibel yeah. Geek podcast. They had a long running thing with Vinny because I think they interviewed Vinny a couple of years ago, and it was a really cool interview. And then it's just no fault of those guys, the podcast guys, but that just went down the relationship. That I mean. It, it just went down the shitter. And, you know, the 23 people that are still waving the Vinnie Vincent fan club banner were just all over these guys. And I'm just like, dude, come on, man. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, you know, everything he was supposed to do with the pod. I think he was supposed to do some podcast convention. These guys, I can't remember it all, but he big surprise. He backed out. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not as likely that, David Lee Roth's camp forgets to to pay a bill because if you want to go through media inquiries on his website, it's his business manager. Uh, yeah, Jeff it's there. It's- <laughs> so I think he's right on top of things. But I, I'm very encouraged based on the fact that they unearthed that early 80s Van Halen promo clip that fans are just going to continue to find more and more things and get it out there so that 
even if Warner Brothers or Van Halen is, and fans are going to find these things. That's and, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's one of the, one of the great things about the internet is that somehow, some way, it's going to end up out there. Now, you got to give Van Halen credit because that that when everybody says it's quote in the vaults, ah, eh, that's probably some digital files. No way, man. At fifty one fifty, there are probably legitimate actual physical vaults that nobody's getting into. You know what I mean? It's like because yeah. there's been so few leaks. Of, I mean, certainly officially there has it's been very very rare. Uh, but it's come from fans. It's come from you know there's like it's like little holy grails. Is there any more footage from that eighty one Oakland concert? You know what I mean? It's uh, what else is out there? And there's tons of it that we've never seen or heard, and it's just gonna keep dribbling out there. Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm overall encouraged. I predict that there's going to be a second Dave interview within the next two weeks. I, I have no source or authority on that, but I think he likes to do things, and keywords, I think. I think he likes to do things to get people talking. And the Rogan thing— hits. Like any star does. He said he's a rock star. He knows it. Come on. He knows how, he knows how the game works. The Rogan thing doesn't hit all of the boxes or the demographics of who he's trying to target. There will be a Rolling Stone piece or a 60 Minutes piece or something. He didn't just do Joe Rogan. He's ready to put something out. I can't tell you what it is. It's not based on anything except suspicion. But if we look at, you know, back to our Mitch Schneider interview where he decided to make that video, the no holds barbecue, and then just send it out to the media. There's <laughs> right. always a plan. This was not a, hey, I think I want to go hunting with Joe for the weekend in Austin. There's something brewing. We just don't know what it is. Right. I don't know when we know what will be. And of course, if Dave ever wants to talk to us, talk to us about it just uh drop us a line at the dlr cast at outlook.com dave we would love to have you we'd love to i would personally love to figure out if you and i are both distance distantly related i had family in massachusetts i had family in new york city we share the same last name your dad and my dad both ophthalmologists i kid you not i'm actually both ophthalmologists in california years ago my dad who i'm not particularly close with otherwise i'd be screaming about this a lot more that he he would, he would hear from dr nathan roth every now and then they would see each other at an ama convention or whatever nathan was in private practice my dad worked for the university of california for decades and i would just second oh yeah i kind of every now and then i hear from nathan what a great guy i'm like are you fucking kidding me you know yeah he offered us tickets when dave was doing something in las vegas or something and we couldn't your yeah your stepmother and i couldn't make it i'm like what the he's years ago he used to accidentally get mail and just he was just didn't think of me threw it out but some fan would be like find a listing for an eye doctor in california and somehow every now and then my dad would get some fan mail you know they would just this is pre way pre-internet days so dave we would love to figure it out we could talk glaucoma we can talk about the shit that killed elvis we could talk about the new music we'll ask the questions oh, and and maybe i'll try to sneak in a, a question about eddie but uh, you know if you'll, I'm told not to, I won't. You'll laugh to win, and everyone wins. Always. Always, man. All right. On that note, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, apologies to anyone I may have offended by not fanboying out to this interview. Um, I will take notes on the next one uh, whenever that is. Yeah. If you're a regular listener, though, you know that's not our scene. Come on. 
we're going to try to find the humor in this stuff because we try to laugh to win, even if we fall a little bit short. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. And speaking of which, our spinoff podcast with Vinnie Vincent will be dropping uh, next week. No. No, it won't. <laughs> Imagine drawing the ire of all the Vinnie Vincent 27 fans from this episode. We break down every minute of Vinnie Vincent's only podcast interview from, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I had... Yeah. Again, I'm not slagging Vinny, but come on. No, I mean, it's not a slag when just because when this is so repetitive, everybody knows it, man. You know what I mean? It's like it's just it's broken promises the whole way through. Yeah. Talented guy, but. Uh, Absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. All right. We're going down. And, and, and uh, never mind that he looks like Ileana Douglas these days, which. That's it, dude. That's it. It's been bugging me since those photos. I'm. That's exactly it. I love her. That's so. I mean, uh, that's that's why we're drawn to to Vinnie Vincent because he looks like Ileana Douglas. I, I love her stuff, man. She, she is a super talented actress. That has been bugging me for two years since he, you know, kind of resurfaced again. I'm like, God damn it, who does he look like? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, I'm, solve I'm not kidding you. It has been, it's been, you know, how you see someone and just I can't. It happens to me. Plenty of times, like for goodness sake, Steven Tyler, before he had, before he did the the goatee and the mustache, I wasn't sure he was like a cross between like Catherine Hepburn and I'm not exactly sure. Just, you know, he, he had his, he just, he, as he aged, he just, I'm like, God, he was driving me. Who does he look like? Somebody else. You know what I mean? Well, Vinnie Vincent, you can go two ways. You can go with Ileana Douglas or you can go with Natasha Leggero. Great comedian. Oh, I love her too. Well, and listen, these aren't insults. This is just a comparison. How many times? Everybody, I don't care. You see somebody, people look familiar. You're going to try to figure it out. Well, either way, we just gave you an hour of power, so you're welcome. There we, there we go. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, tolerating. And uh, if there's any topics that we should be talking about in a future episode, please hit us up. You've got the email. You've got the Twitter. Yep, the DLRcast at Outlook.com.